Welcome back to the Micro Advice Podcast. Today, our spotlight is on Clone, a SaaS startup dedicated to improving its customers' performance through highly organized knowledge gathering and workflow practices. To learn more about this and what you can do to incorporate these leading practices in your companies, we're here today with Clone CEO and co-founder, Craig North. Craig, thanks so much for being with us today. Thank you, Jim, for having me. It's exciting to uh, participate in this and look forward to the conversation. Well, thank you very much. I, I really do appreciate that. Before we get started, if you enjoyed this podcast, please like it, drop a comment, and feel free to follow us on YouTube, Spotify, and iTunes. So Craig, risk management, time management, corporate transparency are all hot topics these days. And my sense is that oftentimes companies do not consider strong practices in knowledge gathering, organization, and workflow as key factors to improving the success in these topic areas. So I want to discuss with you how Clone is supporting your customers in improving the aforementioned topics. Uh, let's start by discussing what is Clone and how do you deliver a strong customer experience? Yeah, so Clone is a knowledge gathering system. We actually help clients identify and capture their best practice content, their organizational knowledge, and then we link it to or synchronize it to uh, business processes. And those can be something as simple as reinforcing some onboarding uh, focus or some new training program that's been implemented. Or more importantly, we get into issues of, of sales enablement or HR uh, policy and procedure changes. Any of those core organizational functions, we end up touching pretty significantly. So we end up talking to two categories of information. It's the employee experience. And then ultimately, it's how do you tie that back to uh, the customer? So how do we serve them to serve their, their businesses better, their client businesses? And uh, ultimately, we've created a smart, uh, intelligent system to consume in a very automated way the content that's in all these disparate sources. And so we take that data uh, and then we make it available through a, a Q&A system, as well as accessing the core documents and those other resources. And so the experience for us is that we are able to knock that information down into some simple chunks so that's easily consumable for the workforce or the audience that you're trying to serve. Uh, in some cases, we've actually found that uh, it, it's a matter of just linking to sources of material they already have. So we're not asking people to reprocess or redo that work. So they're able to leverage their previous investments. What we're also trying to do, and I think this is a, a big piece of this, is support not only that um, that customer lead to loyalty process, but as I mentioned earlier, the employee experience. Ultimately, it's about how do we help them become active and ongoing learners. And so our goal is to actually connect with your new hires, help you connect with the uh, the team that's ongoing and developing, all the way to uh, to engagement of your uh, more experienced team members. There's a whole lot, obviously, I could talk about, but uh, I'll stop there because I know we'll dig into some more more topics. Yeah, that is really interesting particularly the point you made about customer lead to loyalty and employee engagement. I, I really feel like those are super critical these days and not just delivering the, the service both internally and externally, but doing it well. Craig, so given your experience through your customers and what you've seen in the marketplace, what are some perils that you've experienced with your clients when these practices are not well implemented? 
So the, the first thing is, as I mentioned just a moment ago, everybody maintains the data uh, in disparate sources. Um, we've had a number of our clients that use Dropbox, SharePoint, other file folder type systems to, to uh, collaborate across their teams to pull data down. Slack is another great tool as well. Um, while all those are fantastic, what ends up happening is the data itself, the information they need to access in the moment can very easily be uh, not quickly found. In other words, it's, it's, uh, it's maintained in different channels or we're not really sure what folder that information may have been uh, placed into. And then on top of that, I think the other experience that we run into is that once you make updates and changes, and frankly, with all the changes we've experienced this last year, uh, there are so many new pieces of information that are flowing to the organization. Email is being used to, to ship a lot of that data out. So where does it go? It goes into some email cache or another folder. And how, so how do you know your team's really accessing the latest information? So how do you know you're standardized and how you do that? That's something we've seen a lot. Another, another real world example, especially working with the smaller, um, small business and medium sized business is um, there are so many young new hires that are constantly needing coaching and developing. Well, managers are busy too. <laughs> so how do you actually engage those managers to help their teammates when they need to be available at that moment? And, and I don't mean just your normal meeting cadence and structure, which should be in place. I mean, I have a question in the flow of work. I need to answer, how am I supposed to do this? Or I want to make sure I'm doing this correctly. And more times than not, a manager's tied up. They're in a meeting, they're in a another customer call, or they're in another organizational review meeting, whatever that might be. And so we end up realizing that clone can actually address that problem by making information available to everybody at that moment. So that, those are a couple examples. You know, there's some other scenarios when you break it down that we're looking at um, uh, references. So how do we ensure that we're following the right workflow? We have uh, some clients that, that have a, a workflow management system. They've got a document management system. They have email system. They have all these different tools. And while they're all great, they're not giving one experience to their team members to really facilitate learning. So what we've tried to do is reinforce everything they already have and uh, let them have access to that content, that information uh, at that moment in time. And uh, that really has solved a, a big problem. And the other part of that, and, and I, I think it's worth noting because you mentioned this up front in your intro, is risk. If you're not accessing the latest and greatest information, there's risk to the organization. And risk can come in a lot of different forms. It can come in uh, issues related to compliance. So if I don't have the, rate, the latest compliance guidelines, how am I going to ensure that I'm doing the right thing? It could be related to protective clothing. So a PPE, especially in this world we're living in, what are those guidelines for maintaining that? Another category related to risk is, is customer experience. If I don't maintain a really strong customer experience, and I know you know that world, if we don't maintain that, I, I stand to lose my reputation. I stand to lose my customer as well. And if that's the case, then, um, then obviously that starts to impact a lot of different areas of our business. I can go on, but I, I feel like uh, it kind of gives you a snippet of some of what we touch. That's really interesting. And I really appreciate you tying it back to those intro topics because I feel like those are the hot button challenges every company faces in, in today's operating environment. Uh, so Craig, you had mentioned in your discussion a few minutes ago, small and mid-sized businesses. And, and I just want to dig in a little deeper on that. So are these strategies that you discussed 
generally for larger companies with a lot of policy procedure documented you know, methodology or can small to mid-sized businesses utilize this tool and these processes as well yeah great question we we get that a lot and uh, while we have targeted primarily mid-sized markets we've actually started the process of working with some really large enterprises as well the other side of that is is that we're finding that small businesses have really run into the uh, the same issue. And, and here's where it breaks down for medium and small businesses. They don't have as much or as many of your subject matter experts on staff and available to provide guidance, to provide information, to provide the right way, if you will. The enterprise side, they have all these sources of information. They have all that. And so they have different ways that they can support that. I'm not saying that it's not needed. It's just typically more focused around a specific problem a specific outcome or an issue that we're trying to support at the enterprise level, whereas the midsize and smaller business tends to be more broadly applied. Same functionality, same capability, same service, but it's it's a it's a bit different in terms of its application and, and value back to the business, typically because they don't have the same number of resources uh, to throw at it. Okay, that is a really fascinating point. I didn't think of that. Whenever you perceive a small business, it's we have to move fast. We have to get fast time to value, market quickly, pivot, iterate, fail forward, et cetera. But you don't have the sneeze to go and ask questions. So I would imagine when something comes up, a challenge, you're, the, the employee base is finding itself needing to draw upon some sort of repository <laughs> to know what has been done in the past and what has worked and what has not. So Craig, based on your insight, where do you see your customers benefiting the most from employing these type of practices? Well, I think it really kind of comes down to, to some basics. They, uh, I'm going to come back to those frameworks I mentioned earlier. So when we talk about lead to loyalty, there's their handoffs across the different models that are out there. Whether you're talking about the integration of a traditional sales process, which brings in CRM systems, or whether you're talking about customer buying cycles and how you kind of manage what the customer is doing or partner with them as you're, you're educating them through that cycle of what you can do to support the, the decisions that they're making. Uh, so marketing has a need for some access to information on the front end to help the lead generation side of it. But we also want sales directly to be focused on how do they execute with the right tools, the right procedures, the right policies, the right content to, to deliver the message that we want them to deliver. It could be just product information. It could be service information. It could be a, a sales strategy that's drilled down into something as simple as a, a sales play or a scenario or a sales um, application. Let's take that a step further then after an opportunity has moved through the cycle and the SaaS world has really driven this home is the need to hand off that opportunity to customer success teams or customer experience teams. Do we have the information available to pass over to them? Is that information available through the CRM system or is it handled through email or handled through some other SharePoint or Dropbox folder approach? We see that all over the map. It's the best way to describe it. The other side of this is on the active learning piece. I see this as four movements. If I can just, just give you a quick overview of that. The first movement is what do we do with uh, onboarding. But we're not suggesting that we're an onboarding system. I want to be clear about that. What we're saying is that we're reinforcing the key components and key elements of an onboarding strategy. Then 
on on uh, on an addition to that is the fact that you're going to have people you're going to continue to develop and reinforce through some sort of learning mechanism and the flow of work uh, as needed or they can go back to their core training activities that were defined in their onboarding uh, programs the next piece of this though is important and that is if you have a new strategy and every organization whether you're internal as a as a team from an hr perspective or whether you're customer facing has a kickoff event that typically happens. And that new kickoff event brings some new initiative, some new metric that's gonna drive what we do in our business. So what we found, and I think this is important, is that there's a whole new set of strategies. There may be some new presentations. There may be some new ways we're gonna operate, some new policies, new content, new tools. Everything needs to be consumed. So then you have a chance to introduce that to your full team. But then after that work is completed, that information ultimately rolls back uh, into your onboarding and, and development programs. The, the big piece that's missing, though, is that we're finding a lot of engagement with your more experienced and tenured people goes away. So they don't actually need to go back to that learning mechanism as early in the cycle as a lot of the uh, less experienced team members might be. So what we're finding is that we have to find ways and we've been able to, to address this, to engage those individuals back into the process by getting them to become authors and editors that validate best practice, that validate the material and validate what's out there. So it gives you a way to create kind of this feedback loop that keeps your more experienced people and their knowledge coming back into the system. Because this may go back to your peril comment again. I, mentioned, I didn't mention this, but what happens if these most experienced team members leave the, the business? That tribal knowledge, that experience, it goes out the door. So do you start over? <laughs> do you reinvest in everybody? How much time, um, how much investment in terms of cost is lost as a result of, of that happening? So you get the idea. There's a lot of different ways that we can impact that. And from a customer perspective, we, we're able to touch both those. And I'm very process driven. So I like to have everything organized and anchored against a model that you can measure. If it's process driven, you can do that. If it's not, it's just reacting to, to this, uh, this need or this problem. And while that's important, don't get me wrong, it's important. We, uh, we are also uh, really focused on how do you drive change. And so to provide this material is one thing, but to then measure and coach against what's the behavior change we want uh, is a whole nother aspect of this. And I believe that's where we have a chance to really drive reinforcement of those outcomes that organizations are looking for. That's an excellent point particularly around the measurement piece. I've seen a lot of companies, stuff is documented. To your earlier point, it's in email, it's in Slack, it's in some other channel, very difficult to find. And whenever you try to replicate, I was reading a statistic once that something along the lines of 21 to 30% of content is continuously redeveloped. And you imagine how many thousands of hours in a year among your entire employee base is spent recreating content. And then you can't measure against it because if you're recreating it from scratch each time, it's difficult to employ the metrics to see how some process is changing. That's fantastic advice there. Um, Craig, last question today. You know, We talked a little bit about what you're doing for your customers. How can your customers improve an experience for their customers by employing these workflows? And you touched on it throughout. But I was wondering if you can maybe just kind of recap some of the ways companies can improve their customer experience 
using these sorts of practices? Absolutely. You know, one of, one of the most common requests we get is how can we become more transparent? And transparency uh, comes in a lot of different forms. I realize that. But in this case, customers are, are trying to build a trust, trusted relationship, a, uh, a way for us to be able to interact, build that rapport. And what we're finding is that they are looking for guidance and information. And so if there are ways that an organization that's serving their customers can provision content that defines how we do things. It could be how we operate our quarterly business reviews or value reviews. Uh, maybe it's just a valid value validation approach. Maybe it's something around a best practice for how to better consume the products and services that we're selling. Uh, maybe it's how-to guidance. Maybe it's video access for for what we do in terms of the right applications and use cases as we're promoting those with our, our customers. That connection point of being able to enable them to see and understand our knowledge, I think is one of the most important aspects out there. One of the things that we've been able to do to support that is we've created a separate solution that's just made for customer access. So they can still access the data and our clients can then provision it for their access, but yet maintaining it in one system. So it doesn't require them to have to jump into the core file that impacts what are uh, more important uh, HR policies or organizational procedures. So it keeps them keeps it separate for the team, but maintain it in one place. The other aspect of this, I think, is not just about transparency. I think it's this whole notion of supporting them based on what their work deployment looks like. So today, gosh, more than ever before, as you're seeing, everybody's dealing with the remote work because of of COVID or because of now the new way of the new normal, if we want to call it that, that we're probably going to have some hybrid of this model for some time. And I think that what ends up occurring is that we have the ability to organize and equip our teams to serve their customers on a more proactive basis so that we're not actually having to rely on only one way of doing it. We have to enable our customer success, experience team members, account managers to basically become business owners with us so that they have the information, the knowledge to go out, I believe, and uh, support their, their customers in a way that's going to bring the right values that we, that we espouse as a business. And at the same time, helps them get the value from the solutions and the offerings that we provide. So there's a whole lot of information to equip them to be successful. And, it, and it's not just relying on one or two or three people or more, or an organization. It's really equipping our customers so that they can then become partners with us and uh, helping improve the workflow, improve the information uh, flow as well, so that they're actually contributing. In fact, I mentioned earlier about experienced team members. One of the things that I'm a big believer in as a process is feedback. I want to see customers actually share their feedback and make that part of our improvement to our best practice approach. So they become a partner in that process. That enables us to have more of an ecosystem of best practice adoption. And it's not just one customer, it's then multiple customers and you start to approve what, what really creates this cool best practice framework that it's tried and true. And, and it gives you a little bit more to, to work on. So I think that's another big issue as well. And I think that um, I kind of touched on this, but I'll, I'll hit this one again. And lastly, I think this issue of, of handoffs, the transparencies of roles and responsibilities internally in an organization, um, if I have a sales individual that leads an account and then they want to hand off the content or the, the information for an opportunity or for a deal, 
to their counterparts on the account side, then they need to make sure that they are able to share the information that's needed. Now, CRM systems are supposed to support that. Get, don't get me wrong. I, I completely understand that. The transparency of how those two work uh, isn't always happening. What we're finding in those handoffs to really equip our service team to be successful is that sales guys are running and going hard. They're trying to find the next deal. And, and I'm just saying as a hunter, that typically typically what ends up happening. So they tend to say, all right, the information's in the system, we go get it, but it's not enough. So there needs to be a meeting cadence structure. There needs to be some, some validation of what that looks like to ensure we have the right kinds of practices in place to set up that success from the beginning. And we can go into a lot of detail around that, but, but I think that's a big issue. How do we set that success framework up? And uh, we're fortunate to work where we can provide that material based on those best practices or work with partners so that they can then insert their best practice guidance to ensure that they can uh, get the latest and greatest thinking around those relationships that really drive their business today. So it's not relying on clone to make the change. It's again, that ecosystem of, of uh, uh, experts to, to guide what they do. Wow. That's great. Craig, thank you so very much for providing such detailed answers and clearly explaining not only the problems you're seeing, but different ways to, for companies to help solve them. So thank you very much for joining. Hey, this is great, Jim. Thanks for having me. I, just thanks for letting us talk about it. And more importantly, uh, uh, to help us help serve the customer world. We're, we're, uh, we believe that there's a lot of value out there, whether we're doing it or someone else is doing it. We know that there's uh, there's opportunities to to improve business all the time. So thanks for letting us join. Of course. And anytime it comes to you know helping understand uh, customer experience and, and different ways to improve it, uh, such as the ones you described, I'm always happy to to connect the the listening audience with with folks like you. Um, for the listening audience, thank you very much for joining. If you want to talk to Craig or myself, I will add our contact information in the box below. Thanks for again for listening, and we'll see you right back here again next week, same time, same place. Bye-bye.